0: Can I tell you how excited I want to give this message today? I mean, I'm just fired up. And so, um, let me give you a little background first. For those of you that have never been here before, or maybe you just don't know what's going on, we're going through the Bible in five years. And we have passages that we read during the week. And the pastors have that scope with which to Pull something out, a sermon out of something that you read during the week. And that's the way we've done it for four years. We're on the fifth year. Can you imagine at the end of this year we'll have read through the Bible as a church in five years. I mean, that's just so exciting. I'm really excited about that. But, so we were planning out this next year. And we aren't going to start reading together as a church for two more weeks. Next Sunday... Jeremy is going to do the introduction on the Minor Prophets. I fought him for it, but he got it. And so, Jeremy says, well, then you get to preach on whatever you want. I'm like, yeah, I get to preach whatever. Wait. Whatever I want? (laughs) You usually have this guideline. I already know what it is. I've got this encompass of what I could preach on. I I get that choice between the five or six chapters. But I got nothing! It, I got I got everything, and I've got nothing. And so, I sort of had an idea of what I was going to preach on, and then I went to men's prayer on Thursday. And I, I sort of said this lame prayer request for the guys. I said, you know, I preach on Sunday. I kind of want to give a good sermon, and I think I know the direction I'm going. By the time I we finished the prayer I had my sermon all three points all there before me I was like "Huh, oh, okay I'm ready it's been I was like okay God talk about answered prayers and you know we have been in men's prayer we've been doing this in almost what ball three years is it three years just the evolution of what's happened in men's prayer when we first started us guys were kind of like man kind of lame prayers hey got any prayer requests uh i need a new job "Uh, oh i'm fighting with my wife i'm just it's kind of and then we prayed for our guys hey give him a new job god thanks and we just it was kind of a lame but then god started answering our prayers and then things started happening And now we get together with our prayers. It's like heartfelt. I mean, our guys are just like crying out before God on behalf of someone else. Not their own prayers, for someone else. And we're growing. And we're getting closer, tighter knit. It's been absolutely amazing. I wish we had kept track. How many times God has answered our prayers. It's been over and over. Oh, it's not a mistake. God is moving. He's active. He's doing great things. And... If my sermon is, encourages you at all today, we'll thank men's prayer and we'll thank God. If it's not, just say, ah, uh, scales, you're lame. So, and w- also I need to let you know that this sermon is, could not be done unless we had talked to you about our vision last week. If you had, did not see Jeremy and I's dual vision sermon last week... You need to watch it online. And you know YouTube, we have a channel. Heights has a channel. You can go there and track it down and watch us. Actually, me talk a little bit Jeremy talk a lot. And then me talk a little bit and Jeremy talk a lot. But that's the way we do things in my office. Usually Jeremy comes in and goes, let's talk. I say three words and then he says an hour. That's just the way we go. I'm a man of few words. He's a man of... A lot of words. And Jeremy's going to be watching this. I know this. He'll be like, what? Anyway, so. That being said, I'm really excited. Because, you know, a lot of times sermons are kind of beat you over the head. Guilt you. Today is going to be encouragement. Okay? Encouragement. Title of the sermon is Let's Do Something. If you don't like that title, how about this? Triple A. Not... American auto Behavioral Association. I mean the three A's. Do you guys know the three A's? Well, you will by the time we finish today. But before that, you know it's a new year. Did you know that? Yes. You know, they may wake up and say, Hey, what, what year is it? Well, it's 2022. And so, have you put down your goals? Okay, I'm going to beat you to death because I say this every year. But I know it works, it works, it works And sometimes you don't believe me Sometimes you should Okay I'm getting to a certain age, I know it works, what doesn't work Okay All the times I've screwed up in my life I'm giving you my knowledge So listen to me If you have not done your goals Write down your goals Write them down Did you know that if you write down Your goals It is four times, quadruple the chance that these goals will be met. If you just kind of think, well, I've been putting putting them in my head. Okay. Yeah. And then comes November. What were my goals for the year? Oh, I don't remember them. Oh, there you go. All right. So write them down. And then show them to somebody. And just keep them to yourself because then if nobody knows I'm doing these goals, no one will hold me responsible if I don't do them. No, you need, to let, you need to let somebody else know. It doesn't have to be the world. You just have to. I usually do it with my significant other. And she usually corrects me. What do you mean you want to run 1,200 miles today? You're, I mean, this year. You're ridiculous. I'm like, that's true. Okay, so I'll tone it down. Yeah, thank you. So, just for example, because we're doing FPU and we've been working on something, we're re-energizing. One of our goals this year is to pay off our credit card, our loan credit card that we have still left. We we're gonna pay it off. Actually, I think we're gonna pay it off by January. That's our that's an easy goal. Then you can check it off. Hey, I got it done this year. So if we don't spend anymore, right? Okay. All right. Um, that's just one of the goals. One of my goals is to run 500 miles. Okay. A few years ago, I ran a thousand miles in a year. This year, last year, I ran. I don't think I even made 250. So 500 is a bit of a stretch. And so that's something i got to get out. i got to be working on. Hey, I already ran this year. How many of you ran this year already? Yeah. Shame on all of you. Oh, I did it. Ha ha. All right. Now, there's another one that we have. is my spiritual goals. And that is working on mentoring men and helping and coming alongside them. Another one I have, and they're specific men. Okay. And I'm just like, put this random number out there. Ones that God has placed on my heart and I've been mentoring. So... Also, I know we're going through the Bible in five years, but I want to read through the Bible this year. And I've done it a few times. I've done it in a few different versions. I've read through things. But I found this reading plan. It's, by, it's done by the Navigators. Have you ever heard of the Navigators, any of you? The Navigators, Yeah. Something you can trust. But what the navigators plan is you read in four different areas on a daily basis. You read um, the New Testament, the Old Testament, prophecy, um, wisdom, history, and the gospel. Every day you read it. And so the way this plan works is it's 12 months... ...but it doesn't give you a particular month. You can start anytime you want. Plus, there's only 25... ...readings... ...per month. Why is that good or bad? Because some of us fall behind at times... ...and then we go, ah! Forget it. I give up. You have five days leeway... ...to catch up. And if you get ahead, then you can... ...maybe spend more time studying what you read. And they're not big passages... So anyway, if you're interested in this, I've made some extra copies. I'll be happy to make a copy for you and give it to you and you can use it this year. Sometimes we've done that in the past. This is a new one. I thought, hey, this is great. So, anyway. I also think one of the goals you should have is you should read more. And I'm not talking James Patterson, something fictional. I think you should read about the Bible. The books that I like... To read, I mean, I do read fiction. I do, but generally, I read books about the Word of God that is based on reading God's Word and what does that mean for us? Okay, it's exegesis, not isegesis. We don't. I don't tell you. I don't read a book that tells me what I should do and then tries to justify it by the Scripture. Scripture first, and then. How do we implement it? You understand what I'm saying? So I'd like, I would like—I have three book recommendations. I gave you three last year. I'm going to give you three this year. Ones that I have helped me. Because listen, this is something that I believe. You've heard me say this a thousand times. But I believe we need to read scripture. And it needs to change us. Every time we read scripture. No matter how many times we read Scripture, it needs to be changing us. It needs to be shaping us. It needs to be sanctifying us. Okay? So, these three books, I think, will help you in that way. Other than just reading the Bible. And we're reading to the Bible. The assumption is that you will do our five-year plan and read it along with us. As we give you either a book, which is on the... um, all I can think of is Entertainment Center, but that's not. Information Center, thank you. Information Center, and, well, it could be entertainment. Anyway, um, so you need to be in the Word of God daily. But, in addition to that, helping you and encouraging you to do it. So, the book number one, I want to encourage you. I hopefully got the covers up here for you. First one is Winning the War in Your Mind. It's by author Craig Rochelle. This Actually, all three books that you hear today that I show you, part of the sermon is mixed up into what I read about this, week, this year and compared it to Scripture and said, this is right. Okay, the first one is Shell Winning the War in Your Mind. And this is talking about the lies that we believe. The lies that we think are true. And if you think a lie is true, it's true for you. And so we need to compare the, the lies that we tell ourselves or we think is true and compare it to Scripture. And if it's w- different than Scripture, then Scripture's right. And it's a great book. It's a great book to read because it has PDF files with it that you can ask you the specific questions to be able to say. You can't just like, oh, that's, good. that's, a, good, that's a good policy to do it. No, it says, what are you going to do with it? so it's very encouraging I like that book the second book is by author Max Licato it's called Anxious for Nothing and basically what he does is Philippians 4, 4 through 10 and it, it talks about this clump of scripture and how we need to live our lives and Paul's directing us and it's called Anxious for Nothing and that's a good book the third one is done by Kevin DeYoung. It's called "Just Do Something." In fact, my original message was going to be basically on what I was encouraged with this book this year by by this this young man, this preacher who's doing it. Um, we should just do something, and so there'll be some parts of that today. But um, actually, Barb and I, one of our decisions and goals this year is to do reading a book together and we're actually reading a a Kevin DeYoung book Crazy Busy together and um, it's something that we've already stepped into in doing that he's a good author, pretty winsome in the way he writes and talks and so those are the three books if you're looking, what can I read there's three to point your way Okay, either you trust your pastor or you don't or if you've already read it you go, oh that is a good book or, oh you're all wet I don't care, I'm telling you, this is me All right. so, what did you think last week when you heard our vision statement? When we told you you need to be involved more in evangelism, discipleship, and mentoring? We asked, we're asked going to be asking for more involvement, commitment in our church community? Did you say, eh? Did, were you inspired? Were you like, yeah, I want to do that. So, how do we do that? You know, for many of you, some of you are doing it already. You're committed. You're telling people about Jesus. You're involved within the community. You're serving. And I wanted to tell you thank you. End of this month, we're going we're gonna to spend a whole Sunday thanking you for all the times you serve in our body. Okay, But, for those of you that don't, and you feel a little guilty, I want to encourage you Use that guilt wisely to f- propel you into being more involved in discipleship mentoring, serving in the church in evangelism. I want to encourage you to do that there are There are some of you that are saying when you heard the sermon last week you said, "I can't do another thing i'm too busy i've got." too much to do my question is what is your priorities Okay. and according to scripture your priorities need to be your relationship with God with your family and with your church community if anything else is in the way of those three things you may need to reassess I'm just saying So, the question is, how do we do it? I told you how to do it. The three A's. Here are the three A's. And help you remember. We're doing mnemonic alliteration. All right? A-A-A. Brody, you can take this with you to Montana. Sydney, you can take this with you to Oklahoma. You can take this anywhere you want. Because this is something that you can remember. For 2022, I did the three A's. And here they are. Abide. Second one is anxious for nothing. And the third one is agree. Those are the three A's. Abide, anxious, and agree. Those are the three you need to do. So let me, let me map this out for you, if you don't mind. Okay, abide. That's kind of a biblical word. Abide. Nobody uses abide very much anymore. I challenge you to start using abide. Barb, why don't you come abide with me? What, are you asking me out? Yes! The, the definition of abide is this. This is the biblical definition. To be or exist or to continue or to dwell to rest to continue to stand firm to be stationary or do anything indefinitely if you look up your bible concordance and you find abide unless you have like a new king james or if you if you have something that doesn't have abide you need to Go somewhere else in the Bible. Abide's a great word. So it's to rest or dwell, to tarry or stay, to continue permanently or in the same state, and to move to be firm or immovable. That's what abide means. In general, abide signifies to adhere to, maintain, defend, or stand. To abide by a promise, or by a friend, or to suffer the consequences. To be fixed or permanent in a particular condition. So what is my definition for you when I tell you in 2022 you need to abide? Well, let's take some scripture. Sound good? John 15, 4 through 10. John 15... Four through 10. Listen, Jesus is speaking here and he uses the word abide. He uses it 10 times in 6 verses. Let's read it together. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. What does that mean for us for 2022? When we talk about the vision, we talk about stepping out and being more evangelistic or stepping out and getting involved in a mentoring relationship or getting involved and serving the body of Christ. Sometimes we think, I can't do that. Or I get up and down. Sometimes I want to do this. or Sometimes I don't want to do it. I'm inconsistent. I get scared. I know I'm a pastor. I still get scared sharing my faith sometimes. But let me tell you what happens when I don't get scared. And it happens even when I'm not even trying. Is when I'm abiding in Christ. When I'm involved in His Word. When I'm praying with Him constantly. When I'm seeking His will for my life. When God works, when I, he, when I see miracles happen, I become bold, and I become willing, and I become, it just flows out of me. I rededicated my life in the late 90s. I had, I had been a drug dealer, I had been a drunk, I had been a philanderer, I've done all those things, but then I met Jesus. I had almost a Damascus moment where I just said, I've had enough! God, take me, and I'll do whatever you want. I found myself as a tow truck driver. In fact, I don't even know how I ended up being a tow truck driver. I knew a friend of a friend who helped me, and I ended up driving a truck, which was actually, I look back in retrospect, being a tow truck driver, you spend a lot of time in your truck waiting for someone to call you to go pick up their car. So I had a lot of downtime, and I spent that time because I had given my heart to Jesus, reading His Word. I was also detoxing from a lot of drugs, and so I was just reading the Scripture and sleeping in my truck. And then the radio would go off. I'd go, oh, okay, I go on my next run. That whole time, there wasn't not a single person that got in my truck was I when I was towing them that did not hear about Jesus. it wasn't planned I was just overflowed with me because I had biting with Jesus, and they it just just blah blah just came out. I don't care whether they were happy or not. They know this is my life. This is what's going on. Jesus did this to me. And did you see this? This is so beautiful. I can't believe your car broke down. This is a perfect time for you to hear about Jesus. It just And the owner was a was a Christian. He goes, Man, someone called me and said you were trying to proselytize him. I said, I was he goes, yeah, you talking to people about jesus i said do i talk to you about jesus he says yes i go yes <laughs> he goes well i should tell you that you shouldn't but keep it up <laughs> it, was, it was just kind of like all right and then through so a series of events all of a sudden i i got involved in more things and next thing i knew i became a teacher and then you know i turned my head all of a sudden i'm a pastor of heights christian church like how did this happen it's because i was abiding in jesus Listen, let me just take a few things of this passage that we read. It says, As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. What is that saying? Hey, do you want to make converts? Do you want to bring people into the kingdom? Guess what? You can't! Let me free you from that the only person that can bring them to Jesus is Jesus. And if you abide in the vine, fruit will be produced. It's not you doing the fruit, it's the vine. And you are not the vine. You're the branch. You know what your job is? To hang on! Hang on to the vine! Hang on to it! And if you continue to be flourished and given nutrients by the vine that is Jesus, then fruit will naturally appear. Naturally appear. So get this. Oh, I just need to work harder. No, stop. You need to hang on to Jesus. That's what you need to do. It's the abiding in Jesus. That will change your life. That will change people that say, what has he got that I don't have? Man, he's going through all this. Blah. Yet he seems calm, peaceful, joyful. Man, I want that. I'm just, I'm upset when I stub my toe. Second one. Anxious for nothing. Let's read Philippians 4, 4 through 9. Now, listen, before I say anything about 4, 4 through 9, before there were chapters and verses, this was a letter that was written by Paul. It was meant to be together. We break this up in several Bibles. You look at it. it the four, four through nine, is broken up into three different sections. I submit to you, it's all meant to be one breath by Paul. Okay? So here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to To God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you have learned and received and heard and saw in me, do those. These do. And the God of peace will be with you. Think about this. And if you read the book, Be Anxious for Nothing by Max, he goes at length about all of these sections. But we need to be people who rejoice, who be willing to rejoice. Even when we don't know why we should rejoice, we we should rejoice. And it says, be anxious for nothing. That means if you are anxious about something... You need to turn it over to God. And of course he talks about that. You need to be a gentlest, you need to be reflect. Don't be anxious. And if you are calm and have that peace of God, you can pray to God. And it says, to use the word supplication. This is not a demanding to God. This is a humbly before God, I need your help. I need your help, God. And then the faith to believe that he's heard you and that he will act. Remember that whole, the whole passage in John? If you abide in him, anything you ask of him and desire, he will give you. But if you have to be abiding in him, then if you're anxious for nothing, listen, you need to go on the hunt to stop the anxiousness. Okay? I'm not anxious about preaching in front of you. Done this for a long time now. I don't get really nervous. But you know what? Sometimes I get anxious about other things. And so I need to go on the hunt. Why am I anxious about? This? What is causing me anxious? What is causing me to be stressed out? And I need to be on the offensive and take it on offensively. To be able to say okay if I'm anxious about this This is a problem area in my life Because Paul says I need to be anxious for nothing By the way you know when he said that He was in prison Strapped Chained to a guard Guards So instead of saying woe is me I'm suffering for the gospel He's like hey I got two guys That can't leave let me tell you about Jesus I mean, talk about an attitude change, right? So, if you're anxious for something, this is a clue that you need to address why you're anxious for that. And you need to dispel the lies that you are believing because you need the truth. Because the truth be told, if God is your God, you need to be anxious for nothing. And... Paul continues in talking about what you should think about. You need to think about things that are true, things that are noble, things that are of good report. Listen, Barb and I have been watching, don't you judge me, we've been watching a show, a series called Alone. And that's where they throw ten people out in the middle of the wilderness and say, you know, you've got you to gotta make your own place to stay. You've got to find your own food. You've got to weather the weather. You've got to watch out for predators. All this stuff. And the last person who hangs out the longest wins half a million dollars. You know what? I like to think I'm kind of an outdoors guy. I might make it a day. These guys have been out there for a hundred days. It's amazing. This is really... But one of the things that Barb and I noticed about the... We can almost identify who's going to stay... Who's going to make it the longest and who's not? And you know what it is? The guys or the girls that have the good attitude. That have the positive attitude. That have the attitude like, well, this is, we're going through some stuff, but hey, this will make me a better person. I'm learning from it. All of that happens and it makes the person who at the end wins. It's like, those are the ones who, the ones that start talking, oh my gosh, it's cold, or it's a hard track, or wow, there's bears here, blah, blah. Like you didn't know that before you went out, oh my gosh. But it's the ones that are positive. We had, there, we had a guy, he never even made it the first day. He saw a bear and he tapped out. Oh, it's a bear! And then we had another gal, there were three bears, one with cubs. And she's like, oh, look, bears, how cool is that? You stay on that side of the river, I'll stay on this side, and we'll be fine together. We'll fish together on the river. I'm like, oh, my gosh, look at the difference. Positive attitude, so be anxious for nothing. Don't just like, well, I shouldn't be anxious for it. Find out why you're anxious from it. Solve it. Seek God. Pray. Okay, number three. I know, it's 12.06. You got nothing better to do. It's the beginning of the year, right? Here we go. Number three agree. And what I'm talking about is agree with God. You need to agree with God. Do you know why you need to agree with God? Because he's always right. Not 99.9%. No, he's always right. Let me say that again. Look me in the eyes here. I've got the lights on me so I can't see everybody, but He's always right Sometimes I have to beat myself over the head Because sometimes I read passages Hey, I'm just like you guys I read the Bible go, man, does he really mean that? Should he really? Nah, I'm going to go my way And you know what, I regret it every time Man, can I just do a little lie Just kind of get myself out of trouble? Well, the Bible says bear, don't bear false witness. Well, should I agree with God or should I just kind of go my own way? I'm going to lie anyway. You know what? There's hurt going on. There's pain. There's distrust because I lied. And then I go, why did I do that? I don't know. I don't know, Mark. Why did you do that? I don't know. Because, I was, because I'm I'm like water. I go through the path of least resistance. And if it takes lying to not cause any confrontation, I'll do it. Stop! I need to agree with God. Take it on the chin and say, you know what, this is the truth. And we also need to agree with God because we need to know what His worth, what He says. Some of us, we don't agree with God because we don't know what He says. That's why Jeremy and I pound you to about, read the Bible, read the Bible, get biblical knowledge, do it, because then... You can say, this is what God says, and guess what? I'll step into it, I agree. And maybe you don't agree. Honestly, that's a fair enough question. How come? How about if I don't agree? What if I don't agree with God? Well, you know what? Do what God says in trust. Okay. Okay. There was a time when I thought the best thing that could ever happen between Barb and I, it was me to divorce her. I did. I know, it's hard to believe. I'm an idiot at times. But anyway, I said, Hey, God, there is nothing good that can come from Barb and I staying together. And we met over dinner after we'd already been estranged. And I said, No, this is stupid. We should just stay married. We promised about, talking about being married. And you know what? God kind of says that we should... St- stay together. We should work it out. We have a lot to work out. And she says, I hate you. I'm like, okay. Well, we should still get stay married. <laughs> I really didn't want to stay married. She didn't really want to stay married. But because we had made this covenant, because we had done it before God, because the Bible says, this is what Jesus says. Okay, this is what he said. He said, what no man, what God has put together, let no man put asunder or separate okay and so we did the hard part we lived together glaring at each other saying things under our breath How sheep. but then we started practicing what the Bible says about how we need to love one another how You need to love the Lord your God with all your heart, my soul, and strength. And to love your neighbor as yourself. And that woman in the bed with me that I'm rolling over not looking at giving her the cold shoulder is my closest neighbor. So I have to learn to start loving her. And you know what? I faked it till I made it. And now I can't live without her. Oh my gosh. Have you seen how beautiful she is? You know what? I tell her, she goes, you're blind. I go, I know, but I'm blinded by love. Because I stepped in to what God said and I agreed. Okay? Let me tell you, let me give you a couple of verses here. Psalm 119, verses 158 through 160. I see the treacherous and am disgusted Because they do not keep your word Consider how I love your precepts Revive me, O Lord, according to your loving kindness Verse 160 is the best The entirety of your word is truth And every one of your righteous judgments endures forever You know what? You are going to pass away but God's word will endure forever. So why don't, you, why don't you work with it? Okay. John 17, 15-18. This is Jesus praying to God. Okay, this is, a, this is a prayer of the united between the Son and the Father. And we are privy to it. He says this, I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Last verse. There is a conversation that Jesus, when he was brought before the Palestinian governor, the Roman governor for that area... Of Judea. His name was Pilate. Here's this it says this, starting in verse 33 of John chapter 18. Then Pilate entered the praetorium again, called Jesus, and said to him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Are you speaking for yourself about this, or did others tell you this concerning me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered my kingdom is not of this world if my kingdom were of this world my servants would fight so that they should not be delivered to the Jews but now my kingdom is not from here then Pilate therefore said to him are you a king then look what Jesus says you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born and for this cause I have come into the world. That I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Of course, Pilate says, what is truth? Blah, blah, blah. And he goes on. But what Jesus said is very significant. What Jesus says is true. And guess what? It's always true. Whatever God says is true. It's always true. It's always true. So why do we listen to other people? You know what? We spend more time watching stinking TV than we do reading the Bible. Or listening to the Bible. Or talking about the Bible. We need to hear from God and act on it. act Because it's true. We get into trouble when we say, you know what, God, I know better than you. So let 2022 be a change for you. You did the triple A. You abided in Jesus. You were anxious for nothing. And you agreed with God. Doesn't that sound like a great thing to step into in 2022? Anybody? Won't you stand? Man, Jaren would be so proud I went into 1215. Let me pray for you. If you are interested in FPU, go see Mia. If you're interested in getting that Bible plan, come see me. If you need prayer and the elders to pray for you, go over here. Otherwise, get ready to start taking down the greens. Father God, we come before you. Lord God, we lift up this year to you. And we ask you, Lord to work in our lives this year. Father God, help us to abide in you. Help us to dwell, stand firm, hang out with you, Jesus. We need you more than ever. Father God, may we be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, submit our request to you, Lord. And Lord, give us your peace. Because we surrender our desires. We surrender the things that make us nervous and scared and anxious and worrisome to you. And Father God, may we continue to agree in your truth. Lord, let's not let the liar of liars, Satan, steal our joy, fill us with lies. Lord, we want to be filled with your truth and act on it. Lord, help us we all need a touch from you so that 2022 will be a year that we fulfill our destiny for you, Lord. That we continue to step out and be the people of God that give you glory and make eternal differences. Help us, Lord. We thank you and we praise you that you hear our prayers And we submit to your kingship. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.